0: Hi, my name is Sarah. Welcome to Rock Doc Behind the Scene. And today, no.
1: (laughs) Was that your opening line, honestly? No. (laughs) Because it sounded like it could have been. I was trying. Yeah. Okay. What were you trying to do?
0: Hi, my name is Sarah. Welcome to Rock Duck Behind the Scene. And I go by two other names, under caffeinated and trying my best. And Dad, what are we talking about today
1: in our cold open? Gotcha. Well, I was thinking about earlier. Uh-huh. Okay. This is this is a conundrum, uh, a a a riddle, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Who came first?
0: Flo rida.
1: Or Will I Am. Because if you're will I am and Flo Rida. <laughs> Comes out, you're not going to be Will I Am, are you? Right. And if you're Flo Rida and Will I Am comes out, uh huh, you but, might take a different direction.
0: But here's what I was talking about, right? Okay. Yeah. So like, yes, both Flo Rida and <laughs> Will I Am, yeah, were like relevant in 2008. You know what I mean? Okay. And like, um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sounds evolve, I, I believe, in their capabilities. Sure. Um, but, but that's the truth. But whereas that is the truth, it is also true that their genres are pretty different from one another. For example, Flo Rida never fucking took uh, The Girl Is Mine by Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney yeah. and took out all of the parts that Paul McCartney did right. and just kept rapping, She Liked the Way I Rock. Okay.
1: Uh huh. Right. That being said.
0: Uh-huh. The, uh huh.
1: The is it the three syllables in one word that's bothersome to you? It is the use of I. Uh huh. Will I am Florida. Right. That's that's what's got me, you know, and Florida. I am not all that uh ac- you know acquainted with his work, but mm-hmm. honestly, when that song came out. Yeah, low, 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 low. Apple bottom jean, jeans, boots, and this. You're it doing me, great, Dad. <laughs> thank you. I'm, uh, that was a wild I, rendition. I am, uh, I am the. Uh, uh, I'm a plain white rapper. Oh, so Jesus Christ! <laughs> okay. Little Big Mac what they called me on the You street. know
0: what? Nobody has eaten us alive <laughs> on this podcast before.
1: Today's the day. But <laughs> I feel like it's
0: bound to happen. Holy fuck. Okay. Well, okay.
1: Uh, so when that song came out, uh-huh. it honestly took me about uh, you know a couple months of keeping hearing the guy's name to go, oh, Florida. Florida. <laughs> Oh, that makes sense now. That
0: happened to me too. Yeah. But it was like several years. Yeah. Granted, I was a child.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, yeah.
0: But Florida.
1: Florida.
0: Uh, yeah. And
1: William. Uh-huh. You know, he just like, <laughs> William, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got this one. Will I am. Oh my God. Bitches. Okay. Yeah, and that was.
0: Oh, dad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It just cracked me up that uh, <laughs> to think that, who, who came first?
2: Yeah. Will I am? The chicken or the egg? The
1: chicken or the egg? The will I am or William the low rider? Or Florida? Or the I or the I. Oh, you know? uh-huh. Yeah, you know, be. I
0: bet that's, how, that's what they call both of them. Yeah. What the cool kids call both of them.
1: If at any point either one of us starts going uh. by bod, I can... Stop the other one, okay?
0: <laughs> it's a deal. We'll yeah. shake on it. We'll
1: shake on it. We have the right to be violent. <laughs> <laughs> We'd start doing that shit. But I can. <laughs> I'm Kenny. I'm Sarah. She's my kid. He's my dad. And this is Rock Dog, Behind the Scene. The show where we discuss your favorite and maybe not so favorite, music documentaries.
0: If you have a comment or a suggestion for a doc you want to hear in the future, drop us a line at behindthescenepod at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at behindthescenepod. Let's get into it.
1: All then. So what are we talking about this week, Sarah?
0: Dad, this week we're talking about Beastie Boys Story.
1: An incredible film.
0: It's awesome. I think what I like about it is that it deviates from the regular format of what a documentary is quote unquote supposed to look like
1: we've watched so many documentaries this is the end of our third season
0: right hi season finale season bitches finale.
1: here we go don't call our friends out there bitches sorry <laughs> i meant bitches in
0: an endearing way
1: <laughs>
0: season finale friends and neighbors yeah I, won't I, you be my neighbor
1: y- you can they're they're wonderful people, and I'm sure they won't be offended. if Won't
0: you, you please
1: be my neighbor?
0: Won't you please?
1: <laughs> so, the Beastie Boys. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's done. The format of it is a um, is a stage show where um, Adam Horowitz and Mike Diamond come out. Mm-hmm. These surviving Beastie Boys come out and tell the story of the Beastie Boys and and Adam Yauch on stage. With um, a huge screen behind them, playing clips and uh, um, and it's it's charming, it's yes. endearing, and, and it's so they, much fun.
0: And they address that at the at the beginning of this film yeah. and at the beginning of this show that the reason that Adam Yauch isn't there is because in 2012 they lost him to cancer.
1: Right, right. And and I remember when when that happened. I mean, it, well, we, I remember their whole career. Mm-hmm. and uh um because when licensed the ill came out it was huge we'll get there we'll get there let's listen to this uh amazing uh
0: let's do it before we forget tra- again yeah because
1: we'll forget about the trailer we will it's well- not unprecedented <laughs> <laughs> here it is you
2: ready Now, here's a little story that I got to tell about three bad brothers that you know so well. It started way back in history with that rock, MCA, and me, Mike D. Hello, everyone. What we're going to do right
1: here is go back, way back, back into time. The The Beastie Boys. 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 The Beastie Boys.
2: In the early '80s, everyone in our scene was in a band. We wanted to be rappers so bad, but we were mediocre at best. Oh, hit it. Hot, just don't stop. Most rappers hold their rhymes in little pieces of paper, right? We went from being famous in a
1: 14-block radius to being on tour with Madonna and Rick Rubin. The shows kept getting bigger and bigger. We morphed from making fun of Party Bros to actually
0: becoming those dudes. We were burning out. I just didn't even recognize the person that I had become at that point. Yo, hold up, it's not over yet.
2: Go. There's not that many times in your life when you
1: realize you're in a new chapter.
2: The Beastie Boys are back after a six
1: year absence. We changed how we wanted to be as people and friends. We got inspired, and while experimenting, we found our voice. Woo! Really? High five? Yeah, yeah, it's coming back, Adam. It's coming back. Adam Yauch was the driving force, the one that not only gets themselves going and doing great things, but says we should all do this. Yalk was that type of friend.
2: Yalk, Mike, and I have spent more time with each other than with our own families. It's not like all of it was easy or high life filled, but who gets to work every day with their two best friends? I don't
1: Okay, so our um, uh, story begins, they're like, you know, kids, they're 15, they're, they're, right. they're children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and
0: remember what you were like when you were 15?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like that. They were um, into punk rock, you know, they heard, uh, I think it starts with uh, with Mike Mike D, and, and he's listening to The Clash, and... Bad brains mm-hmm. and, and groups like that and just getting way into punk.
0: Right. And when you are 15, let's talk about this. Yeah. You are, is there someone's car alarm going off? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, maybe it does. But anyway. Oh, we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> but right now we're talking
1: about <laughs> the Beastie
0: Boys unless we don't.
1: If we go so, out and your car's gone, oh, it was your alarm. It sh- <laughs> I would cry. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) fuck. What?
1: We were talking about the Beastie Boys.
0: Yeah, but what part of their story?
1: We were talking about when they were 15.
0: Yes. Okay, so let's talk about this. When you are 15, right, you are so fucking passionate about everything. Uh Uh-huh. Like, that you're into, Right, right, and right. then everything is like fuck this, you know, like fuck the establishment, fuck math, fuck my math teacher, you know, right, whatever. Right. Um, it's
1: not a phase, Mom. I like
0: the idea that someone just like you know tuned in right w- w- before I started that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, people. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um,
1: it's not a phase.
0: And also, yeah, I feel like for me, I knew deep down instinctually that I was going to look back and cringe
1: <laughs>
0: on my 14, 15-year-old
1: years, you right, know? Right, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you know, and I, I feel like we, we still do that, but it was so cute and so charming and just, like, you absolutely knew that, like, yeah, yeah that when going through this footage, they looked back and cringed at all of this. Sure,
1: sure, and it's on a... Huge thirty foot screen behind them, while they're uh, while they're doing it, you know. Yeah, which, which is uh, which was something else, you know. It's a uh, um, it's something that um, if you're just talking about, oh my god, when I was fifteen, blah 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 another level if someone has pictures yeah, and it's someone even can another it. level if it's video behind you mm-hmm. wrapping with a paper in front of you trying to get the word right,
0: right. which by the way I got to say is you know all too familiar for people of you know like all people of my generation yeah right yeah. like all kids my age my generation a little bit older than me a little bit younger than me uh-huh. you know actually a lot younger than me like everyone younger than me is going to go through this because Whereas, like, the Beastie Boys Uh had all of this footage on tape, you know, that they can, like, go through and watch, Um, we as uh, 10 to 15 to you know 10 years old and on have access to be able to film ourselves in every bit of our lives and you know what we take advantage of that and uh-huh. we're doing fucking these kids out there with their tiktok dances and there
1: right there's uh there's uh videos of you uh-huh that um uh that i'm i'm sure not only are cringe worthy, but are, are just um uh, let's see there's there there's uh there's plenty where you're doing the blog thing the vlog where you're
2: hi guys <laughs> hi
1: guys welcome to my mall haul here's my mall haul i picked up some i got some orange Julius, and then i got i got uh, got some boba tea and uh, mind you yeah. right
0: i was like tiny yeah. and my mom was driving me to all of these
1: places right.
0: i wasn't buying shit yeah, you know what i getting mean
1: anything yeah yeah it i didn't
0: like, have net worth yeah
1: yeah <laughs> and we were doing, hey guys i went to walmart and i picked up <laughs> i, I drove s- in
0: my prius to I got, walmart <laughs> i got
1: new socks and, uh, <laughs> be sure to like and ring the bell uh, for weekly uh yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a human instinct for me
0: though. Like so like even now I'll do shit. We'll talk about the Beastie Boys, but I just think it's really interesting uh-huh. that like they have that like they had this like I mean semi rare yeah in that time like access yeah. to be able to constantly like film themselves like this and then to also be able to share it.
2: Yeah. Right? Absolutely.
0: I mean us kids are sharing it in the moment because we're proud of our lip sync to yellow submarine because we wanted to show off our temperature sensitive <laughs> yellow submarine mug that has little windows and like each of the cartoon cartoon beetles in each of the windows.
1: The reason that sounds so specific is because it was specifically what she did. Hello. <laughs> See when I was when I was a kid, uh-huh. Um I don't know that any videotape uh, exists of me before I was, you know, twenty. Uh huh. You know, and that's because I was in the service, and I had, right. I had buddies who, ah. uh, who instead of making a car payment, went ahead and, uh, um, right, did a uh, did a whole, um, you know, bought a a video camera that weighs as much as a cinder block that mm-hmm. you would. Mm -hmm. keep up on your shoulder to to tape stuff you know right i wasn't buying it yeah because beer was expensive
0: (laughs) (laughs) i feel like in one of the check-ins you should talk about um yeah about being in the service and you know being off base and you know going to jail and singing sweet dreams are made yeah
1: okay well we'll talk about my uh my one night in jail
0: i feel like i totally just exposed you
1: well no i i uh I haven't tried to hide it, but, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a weird (laughs) night. It was a weird night. So, uh, Beastie Boys. Yes. 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 Steer this ship back to, back to center. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Welcome back. So we, um, uh, they end up going, uh, Mike ends up, uh, with him and a buddy of his, John Barry, I think, end up going to a, uh, um, Bad Brains concert and, um, they hear that there's in the girls' bathroom that there's some other punk kids in there, so they go into the girls' bathroom and they they run into uh, um, Adam Yauk. Yeah, yeah. And um, they they're you know they're absolutely the same uh, same mindset of things. Totally. You know? And. Uh, um, and they uh, and Kate, I forget Kate's last name. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Sherrock. I didn't write Sheerbuck. it down either because I'm an irresponsible podcaster. But yeah. basically, yeah, they were all into this punk scene.
1: Yeah, and and it was a um, an absolute, uh, um, not rap scene at all. It was no, it was not punk. at
0: all. And I mean, what's cool about both of those genres is. The ways in which they give young people, in whatever backgrounds they're in, a way in which they can express whatever. A, a lot of the time, especially for punk, anger.
1: Right, right. There's uh, there's a lot to a lot to be said for uh, um, for their brand of rap. Right. It comes from comes from the punk rock ethos, mm-hmm. if you will. And um
0: ah uh, rookie mistake pulling up the Wikipedia now
1: I, I know this you, you'd think <laughs> I would be better at this. <laughs> I just want Kate's last name because I hate to to, to to mention her and not um, Kate schellenbeck.
0: Yes, yes.
1: so there later to be with luscious Jackson turns out.
0: Yeah, yeah. which was briefly we'll deal with that later.
1: Yeah, so anyway or will we so they uh, hopefully yeah so they um, they end up uh, the they, they they end up starting a band and uh, Mike D's singing uh, Adam Yauk is on bass and uh, um, and our friend uh, Adrock Adam Horowitz mm-hmm. is not in the band yet okay yeah uh, and Kate is on drums and um, uh, Adam comes up with the uh, with the acronym Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. which um, stands for, what does it stand for? Yeah, I don't know. Either. Every
0: good boy does fine. Every good
1: boy does fine. <laughs> anyway, it stands for something. Uh, here, I, I'm um, going to
0: look it up while you babble.
1: Okay. Is that what I do here? Is that, am I a joke to you, honey? Is that, I babble? <laughs> <laughs> So um,
0: boys entering anachristic states toward internal excellence.
1: Yeah, boys. Boys. Yeah, <laughs> which
0: <laughs> they talked about how like the B stands for boys, so it's Beastie Boys. Yeah, and how so, it was just redundant. It's redundant and, and silly
1: and incorrect because Kate was in the band. Uh huh. You know, and it was it was a it was a band. I mean, they uh, it was it was like a, a hardcore. A uh, punk band mm-hmm. or as hardcore as you get at that age.
0: And I need you to know that Mike and Adam, as you see them on stage right now, yeah. are in dad sweaters
1: <laughs> and khaki pants. Yeah, they're not. They're not. And the... they
0: wear the same thing every night of the tour.
1: Yeah, it looks like it. I think that's because they were filming it for this thing, right? You know, they were. They had. To.
0: They wanted consistency,
1: right? Uh, but but the, um, uh, it was just so much, um, th- this era was very much a, um, you know, punk type of thing. Uh, at one point, uh, John Barry decides he doesn't want to be a beastie boy anymore. So Adam Horowitz, who's their buddy, who's their friend, mm-hmm. who has the same like mind, is standing there. So they strap a guitar on him and said, you're the guitar player now, which is... Uh, that's how I became a bass player in that one band.
0: Yeah, yeah, you were in a band with your mom, right?
1: Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And one one week, the band the uh, bass player didn't show up, and uh, tag, you know, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. it. So I, I learned on stage how to play bass.
0: I'm taking bass lessons right now, and I'm having a hell of a lot of fun with it.
1: Lessons. Lessons. They give those. I thought you just learned on on Relax. bass, but I guess I guess if you want to be a good bass player, right, right, that's the trick.
0: Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. I recommend that if you guys like, if you guys take music lessons, first of all, find someone okay who's going to be nice to you and who is going to be effective. Right, okay? right. Because I'm experiencing that right now and it's uh, great and blissful. And just like, you know, travel around. See see what you like, see what you don't like. Um, and find who is going to inspire you yeah. and treat you with kindness.
1: Absolutely. That's the kind of teacher you want all the way around anyway. Yes. That's that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and another thing.
1: And another thing.
0: I just wanted to say too that, you know, not doing that and staying with, a teacher who, you know, you might have issues with. Uh-huh. Could it maybe cause burnout sure. in music. And you don't sure. want that. You want to like bad. be able to learn if you're into learning music and stuff like that. And I just I don't know. I want there to like all of these budding musicians to like right. not get discouraged or beaten down in that kind gotcha. of way.
1: At at some point uh our our heroes here start listening to um to rap, okay. Yes, yes. And and there's uh, um, uh, one one cool device they use in this thing is that this is the song that changed everything. Mm-hmm. And Sucker MCs by Run DMC came out, and they wanted to be Run DMC. Okay.
0: Right, and so then they there was this like stupid ice cream commercial
1: <laughs> on their TV. Cookie puss.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it was like, in which mentioned, like, cookie puss in some sort of way. It was
1: Carvel ice cream. They had a, yes. an ice cream cake. It was cookie puss.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, they wrote what they call, like, a, a prank phone call song. Right. Where it was just, like, music behind, like, them prank calling this guy yeah. about, like, cookie puss. Like, is cookie puss there, you know? Right. And then... Fucking DJs started playing it. Right,
1: right. Before that, though, they meet Rick Rubin.
0: Oh yes, they meet like a college kid, Rick Rubin. Yeah. Who I've never met before. He's nuts. <laughs>
1: you might remember him from the McCartney episode a few uh, um, a month or two ago.
0: No, no, no. I'm talking about college age Rick Rubin. I've met Rick Rubin before. <laughs>
1: Just not the college age Rick Rubin.
0: He's nuts.
1: College age Rick Rubin is into professional wrestling and heavy metal. Yes, that that's and uh, and
0: his dorm sounds disgusting. Sure.
1: Well, any boy's dorm is going to be disgusting for sure. You know, just think of the bathroom.
0: Uh huh.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, enough said. Yeah. So
0: I have learned from my boyfriend living with other dudes. Yeah. That I don't want to do it. No,
1: they don't want to do it. They're not going to do it. They're, they're yeah, they're guys. They're not yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. No bathroom's just going to be dirty. So there. Nanner, nanner, nanner. So um, <sighs> so so Rick Rubin uh, is um, kind of a different breed of person than they've ever met before. Uh-huh. But they uh, all of a sudden want to be into everything that he's into.
0: Right. I mean, the thing about Rick is that. He's such a passionate guy. Yeah. And he was real intense. Like, he's mellowed the fuck out since his college years. Like, I didn't recognize this Rick guy in his (laughs) college years from, you know, who he's
1: become. Yeah. Because he
0: was just so, like, intense and passionate and loud.
1: Yeah. He wanted the Beastie Boys to be the villain in professional wrestling on the sidelines screaming into the camera going, You can't handle me! You know, that kind of stuff. Which,
0: you know, know, uh, they will later do when they open up for Madonna on their first tour. Right,
1: right. So, um, Rick uh, produces a record and gets in with um, Russell Simmons. And Russell and Rick decide to start a uh, record company. Mm Mm-hmm called Def Jam. Maybe you've heard of them. Def Jam Records um uh is they they uh well Rick Root, well I'm sorry uh Russell Russell Simmons yes. uh was the manager for the uh for Run-DMC. Right. So Beastie Boys were like going nuts cuz they were like this is the guy. This isn't rap adjacent. Russell is mm-hmm. rap. He is, you know, and they went up to his right. office. Right, and
0: rap didn't really mean anything back then yeah, to a yeah. lot of people. And so it was really cool to like be able to be around Russell Simmons, who was so passionate about it that he would be yeah. like, oh my God, Run DMC is going to be the biggest band in the world, or er, yeah. biggest group in the world. And then he said the same thing about like the Beastie Boys and stuff right. like that. Right. And they really started to believe in them because a lot of that stuff started happening for all of them. Yeah,
1: they, uh, they started recording uh, singles. Right, right. You know, like uh, like Cookie Puss, for instance, and uh, um, uh, and Rock Hard, and uh, uh, and they they had all these uh, um, hold it, hold it, now hit it, which was a which was a, a great song that that ended up they they kept on you know having these singles that were popular. So what ends up happening is uh, uh, Russell says, "You guys need to make an album." Yes. So while they're recording the album. Madonna's manager calls up uh, Rick Rubin and said, uh, "Yeah, uh, we'd like the we'd like run DMC to open for Madonna on our first tour." And Russell said, uh, "Yeah, they uh, they charge twenty thousand a show." Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, Click. And um, and then they call back and said, "How about the Fat Boys?" And it says, "Well, the Fat Boys are busy." And Russell Russell
0: never managed them.
1: <laughs> right, Russell had nothing to do with the Fat Boys. So then he says, "Well, tell you what, I got the Beastie Boys." They're great, and they'll do it for $500 a night, you know. So, all right, you know. So they sign the Beastie Boys up to go on tour with Madonna. Right. And one, one of the really funny uh, things is, uh, and, and at that point, they decide they were going to be the ba- the villains, you know, the bad guys. And Adam says, and says, I would open every show like this. And says, all you motherfuckers, when I leave this place, you better burn this motherfucker to the <laughs> ground. Because i the fucking, blah, 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 blah.
0: And need we remind you who Madonna's audience was?
1: <laughs> right. And then Mike says, this is who Mike was cursing out every night. <laughs> and had like a a, 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 a a row of, you know, of four uh, 12 year old girls dressed like madonna <laughs> <laughs> this is who he was cursing out every night you motherfuckers <laughs> oh so much fun and um uh if we haven't you know really made it clear this is a very fun movie to watch yes this is very
0: fun. oh my god watch it yeah. this isn't a We watched it so you don't have to. This This is a we
1: watched it and you should watch it. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the- We um,
0: have a we, 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 we've had a few like pre-recorded stuff that we never put out that's like, we watched it so you don't have to, like Paul McCartney is really dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't watch that. No. It's not good. No. I grew (laughs) up with the fucking thing for some reason. I don't know. Well, I saw it. It was like back in- When Hastings would would rent DVDs, and when Hastings existed, and I saw it, and I'm going, well, this looks ridiculous. And I brought it home, and you freaked out over the cover.
0: I was terrified. Are you (laughs) fucking kidding? Listen, since I was born, it was like, this man is God. You know, like, that wasn't, let me be clear, like, that's not what you said to me. Like, Uh it wasn't like, sit down. I need to show you your God. It was like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I need to show you your God. I thought, no, that sounds like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was more like, I i thought of Paul McCartney, I mean, my whole life, really, as this, like, huge figure of comfort.
1: Right. Yeah, And
0: so, to see this fucking terrifying cover, when I barely know how to read, uh-huh. and all of the cover says... Is Paul McCartney is really dead and it's like it's like okay and it's like one of those you know those 80's photo shoots that you see where like it's like a picture of Paul McCartney and then in the distance there's like another picture of Paul McCartney but it's like a little bit cloudy
1: yeah you mean like um, uh, those awkward family photo right
0: that's how I remember it that might not be what the cover actually is (laughs) but like terrifying right Right for for little tiny me.
1: I forget how we got off on this tangent.
0: Uh huh.
1: No, well, I'll listen to it later and I'll find out. But uh, um, so they uh, they're on tour with Madonna, and they they come off and then they go on tour um, with uh, Run DMC. Their album comes out mm-hmm. first of all. Uh, Rick Rubin produces the whole thing while they're while they're out on tour. Mm-hmm. So. He Comes back and puts it all together, and it kind of disappointed and angered Yao because he was really into the technical end of all this, right? Stuff, you know, so but it did sound slick and ready for radio. You had, yes, you had songs like No Sleep Till Brooklyn on it and uh, Brass Monkey, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, the classics, and um, uh, and of course fight for your right the party which right. was a huge mega mega hit you couldn't mm-hmm. turn on a radio without hearing that when it came out that was that was huge yeah huge so and and it and it um did a lot to bridge the gap between rap and and uh and rock you know mm-hmm. because you could not be into rap but you still knew and liked that song, you know? right? And um, and the rest of the album kind of introduced you to the fact that the that there's I mean there's no there's no race who you know on uh with, with rap music that anyone anyone can do it you know right the, right not anyone can do it but anyone can do it yes Does that makes sense yeah I mean yeah. that's
0: making perfect sense like the idea that. Rap, you know, so like I think there's a balance, right? We need to make Uh sure that the black artists and the black rappers, right, who have you know, who work so hard on this genre, right, yeah, need to be recognized and that it's deeply important that they be recognized, yeah. And black people also created this really cool outlet and uh-huh. this really cool genre yeah that people are into and want to create
1: yeah, absolutely absolutely so fight for your right to party huge hit uh, and what and, was interesting about it yeah
0: is that at first they were like when they they were like oh we should do this because we want to make fun of all these
1: people this is all of these guys this is yeah Party and, bros and frat guys.
0: And then when they went out like on tours to perform it and stuff, uh huh. A bunch of frat guys would show up. Yeah. And they like that was like their anthem. And right. then it became the anthem of the Beastie Boys once they started party, partying more and more. Then they wanted to fight for their right to party.
1: Yeah. Every uh they, they got That so... hypocrite
0: smokes two packs a day. <laughs>
1: they they were uh at a point in their lives where they were becoming the people that they had written these songs to make fun of mm-hmm. you know and um th- don't get me wrong the the success is great but um but they got burnt out on the road and they and they spent and and I remember when that that song was was a hit when it was popular it was on m t v all day they would it'd be like three songs then Beastie Boys three songs then Beastie Boys it was like a consistent diet of fight for your right to party and it became huge and they said that it's it's there's a difference between uh, being popular in you know in New York and being popular in Missoula Montana you know i mean it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's they blew up and they were big everywhere so they could tour everywhere and Russell wanted to keep them out on the road yeah know? so they get to a point um and we could talk about you know license the ill for a while here but they get to a point where it's like they had to stop and get off the road and mm-hmm. russell didn't like that but that's this it was like um,
0: well yeah i mean they were burning out and here's the truth yeah is that like everything that they were doing on the road right was wild right you know they were like (laughs) they were talking to like a prop guy (laughs) right and they were like what do you want for the stage and they thought like he was like they were like fucking with him so they were like I want you know what was it like a 20 foot phallus right to blow up yeah in the you know middle of the of the stage at the end of the show I want cage dancers
1: yeah yeah on a go-go cage with a, a dancer in it, yeah, and uh, um, I and I know this is gonna blow your mind here, but mm-hmm. uh, the um, inflatable Venus uh, on stage, yes, Father, was uh, um, something that the Stones did on one of their tours. Oh
0: shit, really? Yeah, <laughs> like when.
1: I, I want to say it was, you know, like mid early to mid 70s. They had a wow, yeah. that is
0: bold. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah,
1: well, it's it's uh, it's uncle, like it's,
0: it's bold for the time, you know what I well, mean? Well,
1: I mean, I don't know were, that anyone
0: cares now.
1: Yeah, they were trying to be outrageous and, mm-hmm. and it worked and it worked, but uh, <clears throat> so they. They get off state, or they get off uh, get get off touring, and they go their separate ways for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, let's see, Mike D. Uh, well, uh, Adam went to Hollywood and made a made a movie, mm-hmm. uh, which wasn't good, apparently.
0: No, it was very funny.
1: He asks us not to look it up and and uh, uh, and watch it. And says, it no,
0: was very just, funny no. though, because when they <laughs> when they played a clip of it the first time he was like, okay, you get the point. And then every time Mike D like, it yeah. was like, okay, enough about them. Let's talk about me. Talk- <laughs> Adam was like, can we play that fucking clip again?
1: <laughs> right. And humbled him a tad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they had, uh, um, they did this whole, uh, um, several months where they were apart and, and uh, and Ad Adam uh, Yauk went to New York and uh, and played with his band. Uh, what was the band's name? Brooklyn. Mm,
0: yes, it was yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn.
1: And um, uh, and they uh, uh, and Mike D. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what he did, but in the film, he said that he experimented with drugs. So, yes. <laughs> so what they did was they um they went to this uh uh or uh ad, ad rock was at a hollywood party and he hears this this cool music you know and he and he finds where it's coming from it's coming from a cassette player right and uh and playing it is the dust brothers mm-hmm. okay and he was just like so taken by it he calls the other guy and says you guys got to come out here and meet this guy yeah you know? And um, uh, and meet these guys. So they do, and they decide that their next album, they're going to work with the Dust Brothers, which, um, which really worked out because uh, they end up recording Paul's Boutique. Yes. Which is a... Um, it did nothing when it came out. Mm-hmm. Absolute crickets. It, it, it was not a big seller or necessarily thought of as influential when it came out. But in retrospect, it is looked at as being one of the, um, you know, seminal albums of uh, of of the genre.
0: I feel like now is the appropriate time to talk about the audience participation in the show.
1: Okay, yes. Uh, at the end of the film, don't I mean? At the end of the film, they have a uh, a section where they show little clips and everything you know after the
0: for like 15 minutes and watch all of them i i implore you yeah
1: because it's worth it it's worth the wait so um they're talking about it about it and how excited and how pumped they were and they got this new sound and it's gonna it's it's gonna just you know the experience of working with with rick and and russell was gone and they were gonna do this it was gonna be just awesome and then boom nothing Mm-hmm. Crickets, right? And um, they had uh, um, was it uh, David Cross?
0: So it was David Cross, Ben Stiller, fucking Steve Buscemi, right,
1: out in the audience. And uh, Dave Cross gets up and says, "Excuse me, excuse me. I, I was, I was uh, on my way to go pick up some, some of my, some of my scratchers, um, and uh, and I couldn't help it over here. You say that." Paul's boutique was a disappointment to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't get me wrong, it was horrible. When it, I mean as far as sales go, it was the worst. It was, you know, you know, and they they show the same same bit for the three of them and Steve Bushimi says, "That's right. If it fell in a forest, nobody would hear it." You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was very cute, very yes. very funny. And and you got to wait for the end to see that part, but it's like I say, Totally worth it. So uh, they um, they end up uh, um, bef- Paul's boutique is put out on Capitol Records. Mm-hmm. They uh, have a falling out with with Russell and Rick, and they choose not to work with them anymore. Yes, and um, the they f-
0: said falling out had to do with their pay.
1: Yeah they they stopped paying them royalties because they. Wouldn't get back in the studio and make another album for uh, Def Jam, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so um, so they they shop their wares around and ended up at Capitol Records and uh, right um, and Capitol I mean that's you know that's the Beatles yeah that's that's huge you know so they end up with Capitol and Capitol puts out uh, a, um, a a huge marketing thing to get them to get uh, Paul's boutique out there mm-hmm. and when it comes out and it's a sales disappointment it was rather humbling. Yeah. Um, and uh they moved in to this uh mansion it looks like uh with um with a big pool with a a, a stair stairs going over the pool uh, and in this house was a locked closet they like rented it basically. Right. A locked closet. And and in, and uh, Adrock's like uh, you know and when, when you're when you're 20 and you're high and you see a locked door what do you do mm-hmm. you break that fucker yeah. in and there was all these clothes from the 70s that belonged to the lady who owned the house you know yeah so they put them all on and they were it was all 70s pimp clothes and it was and they, <laughs> it was it was great and that. There's a lot of those in the videos for yeah, yeah. Hey ladies. And uh, uh, it was just extraordinarily fun.
0: Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, we're going to talk about,
1: um, <laughs> about Adam's uncle. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Hornblower. <laughs> <laughs> he comes into play. Uh, they decide that they're no longer going to be at the whim of – Decisions made for them mm-hmm. by um, by the uh, by a manager by a record company by um, producer anybody yeah. they're going to make all the calls and um, and they didn't want to do any more videos with strangers you know they wanted their friends uh, and uh, um, and uh, and photo shoots were going to be done by right so um, and and uh, and they they make a, a big deal of of uh not telling you that this is uh Adam Yauch in in costume. Mm-hmm. But um he's uh dressed in lederhosen and a and a fro and a yeah. big mustache It's and great
0: because you're right. They never address it.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's Yauch. and he uh um uh and he's uh, got this Swedish persona that does... Yeah, you wear your business suit and I laugh at you, you know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just really funny. <laughs> but um uh at the MTV Music Awards, this is you know, years down the road, but MTV Music Awards when um REM wins yet another uh
2: Everybody, Everybody hurts uh
1: wins a a Grammy for that video. Don't let uh, yourself go. <laughs> You know, that song is a lot more cathartic to sing if you're sobbing through the whole thing.
2: Everybody, Everybody
1: sometimes. (laughs) Everybody, sometimes. (laughs) Don't let yourself go. (laughs) (laughs) I love R.E.M. Don't, don't, yeah. Uh. Yeah that that song is is uh um a uh a downer if you will. <laughs> I, we were talking about I, A I, real I, fucking downer. Yeah. I uh saw um uh, a meme the other day that I will share with you. Mm-hmm. Um and uh says the opposite of Debbie Downer is Bethamphetamine. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I don't know who came up with that but that is Good on you. That's, <laughs> that's hysterical. I love it. Okay, so. I'm back. playing
0: with my mic, but you're welcome yeah, to continue. I, oh, I'm
1: gonna. Great. Um, if you want me to stop, we can. No, you're doing great. Okay. I, I think I just fixed it. Okay, good I deal. just
0: keep wildly flailing, and my mic is not happy with it. For me. the
1: last, like, three or four episodes, I've noticed that your mic is is uh, <laughs> is not like it should be with the... Uh, she's
0: not upright, she's that's not for upright.
1: sure. She's just kind of dangling in the in the thing there so but,
0: <laughs> we just watched it fall okay
1: hello yeah, you know but mine works so yeah yeah i'm a selfish man <laughs> i feel that so they record paul's boutique it's huge doesn't sell so um but luckily capital gave them a multi-record deal so they have to uh contractually pay for the next mm-hmm. album
0: wait did we finish the rem story
1: oh oh yeah, yeah 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 REM wins this uh this award, so they get up there and um and they're up against uh, uh sabotage, which uh Spike Jones um was up for the uh the the award for and and Spike loses. So Nathaniel Hornblower in full Swedish regalia yeah. comes up and says, I can't believe he's a travesty that they uh it, uh, Spike, it's been my dream since I was a little boy that Spike would win this award. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Stipe is back there just, what? <laughs> and, and then uh, he
0: gets, you know, booted off the stage. Yeah, he gets hustled
1: and, off the stage by security pretty quick.
0: And Michael Stipe <laughs> goes up to the to the mic and he goes wow
1: (laughs) yeah which is exactly the correct response i think that is
0: a perfectly appropriate response for what just happened
1: gotcha so they um they downsize a great deal uh they they no longer uh are working out of that uh, huge mansion and they no longer have these you know they they build their own studio and um and they have uh um you know, basically, friends that come over and they record their next album, which is "Check Your Head," mm-hmm. which has um, uh, let's see. So what you want? Pass the mic. You know, a cup. You know, some great, great songs on that one, and uh, and that's and that's great. And that gets them. You know, um, they are told by their new manager. At one point, they hire the manager who manages. Kenny Rogers and Lionel Richie
0: because they thought it was funny.
1: <laughs> he says sometimes a stupid joke is not something you want to hang your financial future <laughs> on. So he uh, they uh, they end up uh, recording uh, this thing and and it's and it does quite well and then uh, but their manager after they fire him they get another manager and it's like uh, you guys need to rebuild you can't go out and play. -hmm. big stadiums anymore, obviously. You need to work. You need to need to start in clubs. Right. And work your way up, you know. And they did. They were back doing festivals and everything like that. It was it was a big deal. Um so then Which by the
0: way was a montage um that had like video and, and, and pictures of them doing that uh, with the background music being 9 to 5 by yes. Dolly Parton. <laughs> that was brilliant. It's important to me that you know that.
1: <laughs> Pour myself a cup of ambition. and.
0: Uh... <laughs> wow, was that your Dolly impression?
1: Get out of bed and stumble to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition. <laughs>
0: it's just a little bitty <laughs> pissant <laughs> country place.
1: I uh I I cannot do the Melissa via Senor Dolly Parton, which is she does a killer Dolly, which is perfect. But nothing uh... (laughs) much to see. So they, uh...
0: if you're unfamiliar, that was a deep cut from Best Little Whorehouse in Texas.
1: (laughs) There's a deep cut.
0: Well, I don't know. Does anyone else know about Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? Well, it was
1: relatively popular, but. Uh, really?
0: Because I feel like everyone would think it, it was stupid.
1: But the term deep cut is more appropriate for like Blue Jay Way on Magical Mystery Tour. To well, put I, it everyone as, knows about Blue Jay Way. A deep cut off of Best Little Horror House in Texas. This doesn't no, no, no. ring as true.
0: <laughs> it's a deep cut. I, I I, figured it would be like a deep cut for Dolly Parton. The whole
1: movie is a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> The whole soundtrack is anywho.
0: It gets stuck in my head all the time.
1: Oh my goodness, I I feel for you. (laughs) I I'm sorry that it does that. So our um,
0: enough Dolly Parton. Enough
1: Dolly Parton. uh, Angel. Then they record uh, "Ill Communication," mm -hmm. and uh, by this point, they decide instead of sampling other people's music, let's record our own music and sample that. You know, right? And. uh, and one day uh, they come in, and Yauke is playing on the bass, and he's like, uh, got this cool little bass line running, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and Mike D picks up some, picks up, you know, gets behind the drum kit, and, um, and the keyboard player, uh, keyboard money Mark, <laughs> gets um, <laughs> gets behind the keyboards, and uh, uh, and Adam gets on guitar, and they record the instrumental for sabotage for
0: sabotage, yeah. Which was fucking huge, by the yes, way. Yes. It got them to headline l- the Lollapalooza tour that right. year.
1: Yeah, and I, it was, and the the video is is just, uh, <laughs> they're all dressed up like uh, like undercover cops, mm-hmm. you know, in the seventies with the big mustaches and the yeah, you know, and uh and, and it's so it's so fun, and the vocals were recorded um, uh, by. Uh, uh, by Adam Horowitz basically screaming about how this uh one of their guys, Mario Mario Caldado Jr. who uh
0: Mario D. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: who, or Mario C. Mario C. Yeah. Mario
0: C, yeah, because he yeah. Yeah he, he's in those lyrics.
1: Yeah. Uh because and and the whole lyric is him talking about how he's uh holding them back and sabotaging their career and mm-hmm. you know and it, it just as a joke, you know, because he's yeah done so much for him and everything, and it just kills and 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 that that album blows up and it is a huge huge deal.
0: And so then they just keep playing together for a while, yeah, and, and having a great time.
1: Yeah, um, they end up, uh, um, you know, playing like uh, like you say, Lollapalooza and. Uh, um, that they put out several more albums. Hello Nasty was, was a big one. And that one has uh, uh Intergalactic, Planetary, Planetary, Intergalactic, Intergalactic, Planetary. Which mm-hmm. is a great song. There, there's so many, so much of their music that was just, just fucking off the hook, you know?
0: I have to say... I just I just need to tell you this, Dad. I'll be right here. My, my favorite thing that you do on this podcast, one of my favorite things, is when you do like whole samples of songs. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? <laughs> Explain.
0: <laughs> You're like, you know this song? And then you like sing it to me, but like a lot of it.
1: Not just the the title I give you. I give you the first uh, yeah. first eight bars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, here, I'll give you an example with You're Breaking My Heart by Harry Nielsen, because I can't think of anything else, yeah, even yeah. though we're covering the Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you're like, you know, you're breaking my heart. Da-na-na-na. You're it's breaking a- my bar. heart. You're, <laughs> you're tearing it you. apart.
1: So, so fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Da-na-na-na-na.
0: All I want to do. You know that song?
1: Yeah. You know that one? <laughs> you know that one? yeah I didn't know it, but you've given me all of it so <laughs> so absolutely so every um, word <laughs> so they they record i mean they they do a whole bunch of stuff and at this at this um um Yauk is becoming far more creative he is he's working at a uh at a frantic pace with these guys here he is doing the photography work for all their album covers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they're
0: spending all of their time together.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's doing all the music videos and stuff like that. And, and Adam is like, uh, you know, he he was such a riddle because we all know the same things. We have all come from, we've spent more time than we have with our families, yet he'll come out and say, hey, I want to do a drum loop like, uh, like Jimi Hendrix or Sly Stone wanted to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's like, how does he know about that shit? Mm -hmm. How does it, how can he possibly know about that and how to do it? Yeah. We're together all the time. Right. (laughs) How does he know? Um, And uh, they say he, he ended up, uh, um, you know, snowboarding out of helicopters and, and, you know, just doing some amazing, did a trek through Nepal and uh, he ends up, uh, um, you know, becoming, you know, would you call it friends with uh, um, with the uh, with the Dalai Lama? Yeah, yeah, and uh, he becomes part of the the um, uh, free Tibet movement, and he's one of the. You he know,
0: actually starts like a four day music festival. Yeah, yeah, to help them.
1: Yeah, and uh, there's um, uh, let's see, it says here on Wikipedia that uh, the the concert. Uh, it it became annual and uh, had acts like uh, um, Mike Mills and Mike Stipe with R.E.M., Rage Against the Machine, The Smashing Pumpkins, The Foo Fighters. Mm
0: -hmm. The Foo Fighters!
1: The Foo Fighters. um, U2. uh, Just a whole bunch of uh, amazing uh, artists um, uh, that uh, he was, he, he wanted to learn more about how they a government that 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 these people who were being oppressed by their government to the point where if you flew their flag they would come and beat the crap out of you mm-hmm. how they could have a vow of nonviolence how how that how that happened you know and it's uh um it it it's pretty it's pretty extraordinary uh the you know he he becomes a buddhist and he's uh uh and mike d this Hardcore, not Mike D, uh, Adam Yaoq, this, this, uh, this guy who's a, uh, a rap guy, uh, a hardcore punk guy, all this stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. He loves after, after parties. After,
1: after, after parties. The, 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 the party bro from, uh, uh, You Gotta Fight, fight for, for Your, your right. right. Becomes this gentle Buddhist soul, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as we mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, um,
0: this does end up coming to a tragic and yes. short end for,
1: for Mr. Um, Yauk. Mr. Horovitz Adam uh, has a has a piece in this. They, they call it the last gig, and it's like we didn't know it was going to be the last show. We had no idea, and they were playing Bonnaroo in Tennessee, and they did a um, they filmed a video that day uh, of them and Nas uh, and um, uh, like filmed by Roman Coppola, and uh, um, and they recorded this, and then they went out and did the show, and it said, and it was perfectly a perfectly normal day. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of stuff that would happen on any day, but right. uh, um, but you know, shortly thereafter, they lost Mister um, uh, to, to Yacht
0: to cancer in two thousand twelve was yeah. when they lost him, yeah. and the show I believe was in two thousand nine.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the uh um yeah you know, it was it was a, a a tragic end to a a really fun story there, there was there was nothing i I cannot express how much fun this film is.
0: And by the way, you guys, we got Apple TV to watch this.
1: That's how much we love you listeners. I'm willing to. Get a new subscription every couple weeks because of you Mm -hmm. people.
0: (laughs) And he has.
1: I'm married. You know how difficult that is to explain to my wife? We need (laughs) Apple TV, honey. I've got listeners who are counting on me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So.
0: I swear I'm going to get it for four days and then I'm going to cancel the subscription.
1: Yeah. I've got all sorts of stuff that I haven't canceled on my... uh, um, on my thing there, so. <laughs> but, but anyway. Also,
0: what the fuck is a four-day-three trial? Come on, Apple. I hate Apple.
1: Four days. Four days. Four days. Four days. <laughs> four days. Give me a month.
0: And like, literally, I work with so many, I work with so many producers <laughs> who will send me something on like iCloud storage something or other. Right. And then, since I have a Google phone, I cannot... Open it. Mm-hmm. It's like, this doesn't support this. So I go yeah. to, to grandma, and I'm like, hey, grandma, can I borrow your iPad? And she's like, sure. And then I I, I, I send myself the link on grandma's iPad, and it's like, no, it doesn't support this. No. So then I have you to. You don't have
1: the right code. Yeah. Nah. So then
0: Apple. I have nah. to deal with my fear of confrontation <laughs> and be like, um, hi, can you Gmail it to me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gmail? What are you Amish? I know. Yeah, and that's how that rolls. That's how that goes. So this um, this is our last uh, last podcast for a couple months, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna take some time off here. This is the end of our third season.
0: Yes, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening. Is there anything
0: guys. else you'd like to say about the movie before we bow out?
1: Um, no, I think we, we've we've covered it. Great. I, I, I think that. Uh, this one is, like I say, there is...
0: Just go watch it. Yeah,
1: there's... there's most of the movies we watch are fun in some way or another. Mm-hmm. You know, not counting, you know, Woodstock 99. Most of them are fun. Yeah, that wasn't terribly fun. Yeah. But this one is... Uh, not only was it very informative and the music's just incendiary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, the um, the ideas behind it and the... And uh, the the feelings and all that are, are will stick with you. They're it's, so real,
0: mm-hmm. and just yeah, go watch it, dog. Yeah,
1: you'll 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 enjoy it. And uh, um, you know, if you, I'll, I'll give you my uh, my Apple passcode. So.
0: Great, thanks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I won't. But um, <laughs> I probably know it. <laughs> yeah, you judging can guess off it. of I every passcode that I have. Yeah, for all the all the, all the stuff.
0: I for, just from you know. Mooching off of your Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max.
1: It's not mooching when you're my child. I guess. So there you go. There Mm -hmm. you are. I've
0: moved out of the house and I still use it. Well, sure. Yeah. Well, sure. Don't tell Netflix.
1: Ian uses it too.
0: Oh, yeah. He's
1: never lived here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) He has parents. (laughs) (laughs) With a Netflix account. Right? But that's cool. He can... He's Ian. He can do anything. He can. He can hang. Yeah. So um, he's cool. Our next season, as we mentioned before,
0: is that Rock Doc go the go to the movies.
1: It's going to be a little bit different because the uh, um, all of the uh, all the stuff, all the things are uh, are going to be uh, instead of documentaries, we're going to be watching movies mm-hmm. like Almost Famous. Yeah. Um, like Purple Rain. Uh, this is Spinal Tap. Uh,
0: Under the Cherry Moon.
1: No, oh, Under <laughs> the Cherry Moon. Let's <laughs> do these, these good ones. <laughs> Rocket Man. Yeah, Ray, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Walk the Line. Um, uh, Paul is dead. No, that will will, will not do that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, maybe um, in our prank movie season. Yeah, Jesus fucking dude, Christ, are we gonna do that. Um, and, 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 uh, so that'll be season four. Uh, and as far as I can tell, season five, we're going to come back, uh, with, with the, uh, um, back to the documentary yeah. format. Cause there's a handful of them that, uh, uh, that, that we've we want to
0: cover yeah. rumble.
1: We haven't covered rumble. We haven't covered the Harry Nielsen mm-hmm. doc. Um, and, uh, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be several other documentaries come out between now and then. Yes. There's an, um, um,
0: Dad, why does it only say fifty? Why? Why is it
1: the timer? That's one hour.
0: Oh, I didn't see that. I was so seconds. stressed out. I was like, "Have we not been recording this whole time?" Oh yeah, no. Okay, great.
1: I'm on it. it. You know, the technical end of this is it shouldn't be as difficult as it is, but I, I do. make You know. It, yeah, you're doing so.
0: great. I'm
1: doing great. Anyway, Sarah, where can you be reached? You
0: can find me on Instagram at Miss Sarah Soon Music. You can find me on Facebook at Sarah Bodkin, and you can uh, find me on Twitter at yeah. sBodkin4. Don't
1: even look. Um,
0: and then my friend was like, "Hey, you should add me on Snapchat because <laughs> because that I post like all the music I'm listening to over there." And yeah. I was like, oh, "I haven't used it in like six months." Because I'm old. Right. But okay. Yeah. So now I have Snapchat, I guess, but like don't hit me up there. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll, I'll never find it. Dad, where can they find you? I uh, can be found on Facebook at Kenny Bodkin and on uh, uh, Instagram at, uh, at KDBOD. So.
0: Yes. Wait, you can find me on, Inst- on on Snapchat if you want. Yeah. It's just not very interesting over there.
1: Sure. I, I have not oh. uh, the most interesting thing on Snapchat to me is, uh, is uh, Ian's uh, name. Ian the ball, Chilada's. Yeah, Ian Chilada, which is, is uh, subjective. Yes. Anyway, we love you guys. Thanks yes, for listening. Thank you so much for, for such p-
0: an amazing season. Thank thanks thanks you for a great p- season. We love you guys. Yes. Bye. Bye.
1: This has been Rock Talk, Behind the Scene with Sarah and Kenny Bodkin. Theme music performed by Sarah Bodkin with Paul Beasley. Behind the scene is produced, written, and performed by Sarah and Kenny Bodkin. Drop us a line at behind the scene pod at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at Behind the Scene Pod. See you next time and support your local musicians.